you may not know his face. Hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Oh! But if you recognize his voice. Oh, yes. You're among the devoted followers who watch him chase breaking news on CBS2 and KCAL 9 News. Stolen vehicle uh, officers, weapons out. In the air and now on a mic. That's kind of nuts. Here's Stu Mundell. <laughs> Hey, thanks for uh, coming back once again. I'm Stu Mandel, and this is In the Air with Stu Mandel. Today, we're talking about something called beer. You guys know about beer? Because if you don't, you need to listen to this. And if you do, you definitely need to listen to this. We're hanging out with Victor Novak, master brewer at the Golden Roads Brewery. Now, this is uh, if you're in Los Angeles, definitely check it out. If you're in Anaheim, definitely check it out. They've got uh, two locations where you can go and drink the beer. Uh, awesome place, awesome beer. Victor, awesome guy. And here we go. Victor Novak, it's going to be a Golden Road Brewery, and it is a Golden Road for you guys, that is for sure. Um, beer, interesting stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, it's uh, one of those things, that, it, you know, it goes it goes back just a couple of years. It's kind of a new new invention out yeah, here. Yeah, a few millennia, actually. A few millennia. <laughs> so, Victor, I, I read a little bit about the bio. Uh, you started out as a teacher, right? Uh, yes and no. No, it's funny. I went to UC Berkeley and studied political geography. So I was studying uh, human rights, right, land and water rights issues. And I was going to save the world by exposing and, you you know, publicizing the plight of the world's indigenous peoples and realize that, um, you know, maybe uh, academia might not be for me after dating a gal who was in grad school at the University of Pennsylvania. So I ended up in Philadelphia and uh, I, we realized we couldn't get Sierra Nevada pale ale. Um, (laughs) In Pennsylvania at the time in 92, 93. So uh, this gal got me a homebrew kit in December of 90, uh, 92 and read Michael Jackson's World Guide to Beer, the world's authority on scotch and, and beer, not the singer. Um, and, you know, it, everything clicked. Everything I was studying was, you know, history and tradition and culture. And, and what do we do when, we're, when we meet somebody and we go to a different country? You want to know what they're eating, what right. are they drinking? You know, language is, is very important. And beer is an intimate part of culture, especially German culture, Belgian, uh, British, and... Um, you know, it was just fascinating to me. So I turned a hobby into a career, got a job at a place called Dock Street back in 93, and then uh, turned that uh, hobby into a career uh, from then on. So Golden Road uh, was was established when you got there, right? Was it, or, or were, are you Golden Road? No, I came to Golden Road in September of 2014. Golden Road opened in the fall of 2011. Okay. So half, about halfway through. Halfway through. Yeah. And uh, when you got there, what, what, like, you know, what did you, get, what did you find? You could can, can be anything <laughs> you want. It's like you kind of get the job. Yeah. And you walk in and, and, you know, so you're looking at this and you're thinking, like, what am I going to contribute? Absolutely. I mean, I spent my entire career initially on an eight barrel system, then, you know, the vast majority on a 15 barrel system. And now I'm looking at tanks, you know, 100 barrel, 200 barrel, 300 barrel tanks. Um, but brewing on a 50 barrel Braucon is what we use. Right. And yeah, uh, totally intimidated, um, but willing to learn. I was ready for a new challenge. I'd been working at a place in Orange County for 15 years. And, um, yeah, I remember John Stewart, when he left the daily show, he says, it's time to be uncomfortable again. Yes. And that's exactly what I felt I'd been doing, you know, what I felt was some great beer and it was time to, to move on to something maybe a little bit bigger and, and continue learning, which is what we want to do in any career. And, um, you know, sort of, um, partnered up with this friend of mine, Tony Yanow, who was uh, owning Golden Road at the time or owned it. And, um, yeah, so joined them in, in 2014 and, 
And uh, my first recipe there was an Irish red, uh, which I'd won a couple medals for uh, when I was at the previous brewery. And um, realized pretty quickly it's not as difficult as I thought. It's not easy. Nothing right. is easy. But I'm like, wow, it's actually kind of scalable going right. from – because you're really going from a 15 to a 50, so three times larger. It's not like I'm going but, 15 to a 600-barrel tank or brew. So, I, I mean, it's, it's a podcast, and, I mean, we don't want to start pulling out the chalkboard and doing, doing yeah, yeah. the math and stuff because, heck, I couldn't – I'd fail right there. <laughs> uh, but it's – the deal is so – you know, you talk, you're, you're, you're baking. You're a chef, right? Yep, exactly. And sometimes, exactly. you know, the you know the recipe isn't just double like yep. if you just double it all of a right. sudden it doesn't taste the same totally if you triple linear. it but but with beer are you saying it's kind of like that it was relatively close in that i could take my percentages of all my different malts and right. kind of scale them up three times and look at the gravities also look at the efficiencies for that brew house and said okay for this amount of grain i'm going to get roughly this gravity and the, right. the alcohol is going to come out about this this level um, the one thing I didn't know, there was a, uh, it's called an internal calandria. So it's a way to whoa, boil. Whoa, 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 yeah. It's, whoa, whoa. it's just a means of boiling the word. So okay, okay. yeah, internal it's just a calandria. Yeah. I know. It sounds really sounds sophisticated. Like it's pretty doc- cool though. Like if your doctor says it, you're like, oh, exactly. You're oh, like, wait, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we got more hop utilization. So the beer came out a little bit more bitter. Uh, than I expected, so we lowered it like five IBU, and, and the recipe's pretty much been the same, you know, for the last four years. It's pretty it, cool. It, it is amazing talking to you. You can really just tell. Uh, I mean, in, anybody listening right now, you can just. I, I'm sure he's not. He's not looking at notes. I'm just letting you know. This is like all just like <laughs> off the top of his head. So this is like a real passion. I mean, yeah. like a. And you said it too. You said you you got out of the college, and and yeah. you're like human rights and it is interesting because you are right i mean everywhere you go it's beer beer really yeah. brings everybody together it is it does and um so let, let's talk about like all the new fancy beers and stuff yeah. like that you know and and uh I, i'm gonna try to stay away from it because you know i'm a huge huge fan huge fan very cool so the mango the yeah. mango cart the big winner yep uh first i for me first time went to the uh, golden road love the uh, beer garden-esque yep. feeling that was there totally um and uh and you were saying it also it's a, it's it's very family it isn't yeah. like it isn't a biker bar it isn't right. a isn't a you know a, a, a college hangout it, it's, it's not really, pretentious it's not pretentious you know, it's very relaxing. very casual yep. very relaxing very casual um so the mango cart so where did how did you guys come up with the idea mango well um we started off one of our we, we wanted uh, and we had been doing Berliner Weisses and one of our brewers Jordan Ziegler had the idea of like hey let's infuse that with some mango right. I thought that's kind of cool um, and also it was <clears throat> it sort of morphed into this just um, classic you know American wheat ale infused with mango because I realized as we were starting to produce this beer um, we made a perfect tweener beer. Uh, for What's my, a tweener beer? Meaning my uh, sister and my brothers and, and people that aren't totally maybe Canteon fans, big sour fans, right. or huge IPA fans, um, it was going to be weird for them. So a Berliner Weiss is like this 3.2% tart wheat ale, and then we we're going to add some mango to it. Um, and it was going to be, okay, it's kind of weird. You might have half a, half a beer and kind of be done with it. Right. And then your sour beer fans, the Canteon and Rare Barrel and, and uh, the brewery and these other great sour beer breweries, um, it was going to be too tame for them. So it was like right down the middle. Right. Nobody was going to be satisfied. So we realized, you know, partway through that we have to make just 
a, a smooth American wheat ale infused with mango. And then the mango cart idea is, you would never guess it, but uh, my mother's Mexican, so I'm half Mexican, and, and really respect and, and appreciate and, and treasure this, our Latino uh, population right. here in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah, and you see these fruit cart vendors. You know, I call them sort of these iconic symbols of L.A. street culture and yeah. Orange County, Southern California, really. And they're chopping up mango and pineapple and, and watermelon. And then you get your lime juice and some tahini and, you know, five, six bucks. And you get this amazing cup of, of fresh fruit. And they're out there in the middle of summer, 90 degree heat, 100 degree heat. And so this is our tip of the hat. This is our homage uh, to these hardworking uh, symbols of L.A. street culture. That's really the origin of, of the whole idea. So, okay, so the so you're adding you're adding the fruits to the to the beers. Yeah. You're you're changing it up a little bit. It, I'm asking like on a professional like is because you are a brew. Is it a brewmeister or brewmaster? Brewmaster, not brew a master, master brewer. The not master, master brew. There are more of the guys. Somebody are, above you. Oh yeah, those guys. See, I I learned on the job uh, under a, a great brewmaster uh, in in Philadelphia. Um, but these are sort of, in my mind, more these 80-year-old guys that have been brewing a long time, and they know every detail well, there, of the science go. and the biochemistry. I do, I do not know the biochemistry of beer. I'm more of a beer chef. Beer chef. And it's applied science. I've read the textbooks and been to England, Germany, Belgium, Czech Republic, and did my research in those areas because I love classic styles. And obviously with Mango Kart, I like doing the fun ones also, uh, or a little, you know, a little outside the box. But um, there is a master brewer, and yeah, there maybe a little more educated in the science of brewing. But, but that's I'm. kind of where I was going with it. So if we went back, like say we get in the, you know, in the way back machine and we wind up, you know, 60 years ago, yeah. right? Are there fruit infused beers that we just didn't know about? Or is this kind of like a newer thing to try to bring, you know, more of the, more people into the drinking the a beer? A little newer, although you see like your Rattlers in Germany and your, your um, Shandies in, in England, sort of like, um, it's really more like Seven Up, so it's soda with right. beer. Like uh, the, the hilarious story, uh, not hilarious in, in my mind, it is. But so we had this this woman come in, and she'd just gotten back from England. This is when I was living in Philly, and I was working under uh, Nick, our our our, head, our brewmaster, and he was from York and and from London. So the British accent, right? Nick yeah, very yeah. sophisticated, very very, yeah. very well educated, very well spoken. And so she wanted a shandy, and so she wanted our English bitter. See, when I, when I see her shanty, the first thing I'm thinking is he talking about those taxis in the Philippines where oh. everybody kind of gets on them or, or like a little, like a, like a, like a hut. Okay. And I don't know not, that. It's none of those, right? It's <laughs> no, not, 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 no, not it's a, it's a beer sort of soda, beer uh, soda combo. Yeah. And so she insisted on having American lemonade like America because in England, they're what they call seven up essentially or right. lemon lime soda. They call lemonade. And then I think they call our lemonade is like their lemon juice. Okay. And so she insisted on lemonade, American lemonade. lemonade. We're like, that's going to be disgusting. It's going to be you know, pretty bad. Yeah. English bitter with lemonade. And she says, no, I just got back. I want lemonade. So we got Nick over. He says, in England, your lemonade is our, you know, juice. Seven up. Your seven up is, is our lemonade. And then she says, oh, okay. So then we gave it to her. He goes, yeah, that's exactly what I have. We like, we know. We're not stupid. We realize that <laughs> we're trying to give you what you want, but put it in the verbiage that you're looking for. So, God, I've been there. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, so, um, so these sort of beer, 
um, I don't know, cocktails to a degree, right. have been around for a fairly long time. But in terms of infusing with fruit, um, a more relatively new thing. Um, and so you've got to be careful. Now, we add the fruit on the cold side, meaning the beer is completely finished. And then we infuse about 0.8 pounds of this beautiful mango puree from Oregon Fruit up in Salem, Oregon. Right. Absolutely beautiful stuff. And then we infuse that into the beer, about 0.8 pounds per gallon. So okay. there is an absolute boatload. So when we do a 300-barrel batch, we got 7,500 pounds of mango going right. into that beer. And we steep it for about three days, and it infuses, and then uh, and then we centrifuge it out. So you know, people worry a little bit about the exploding cans and whatnot, but um, you know, we're we're looking to get sort of a finished can pasteurizer that will make sure that the integrity that doesn't of the happen. Can, yeah, exactly right. So keep it cold. Don't stick it in your trunk. Right. Um, and uh, don't stick it in. You know, beer is. Um, I, I sort of call it the equivalent of sort of like milk. You don't leave milk out and yeah. you don't leave beer out. Ideally, it's kept cold That's... from the time we finish it and package it, the time you drink it because we can't eliminate the oxygen. And once it warms up a little bit, that's when you start to get your oxidation and the beer quality starts to go down a bit. Now there you go there, for about 90 days. But there's something I didn't know. So you, yeah, you, want, to, you, want, you, want, you want cold beer. Yeah, because the, the oxidation reactions happen You don't want to go to the slower. store and get like the warm beer. You want it out of the cooler. You want it out of the cooler, ideally. Yeah, 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 yeah. look so, at that. There yep. you t- tip of the day. Hey, I got, yeah, I've contributed something today. So <laughs> <laughs> you contributed a lot more than that. So, so you, got the, you got the newer beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, has there ever been a time like, I mean, I, I don't know. Are you at home with your little brewing kit still? No, no, no. not at all. Nothing like that. I have the brewing kit at uh, the 15 barrel over in Anaheim. So again, we have the production facility right. where mango cart started. So there's not like a started. little test test area. Oh my God. Look at that. Yeah. I don't have enough beer for that. Yeah. So, um, uh, but no, I mean, we get to experiment on the 15 barrel system. We, you know, we, we've got this incredible, uh, two incredible breweries, of course, uh, the one in, uh, at Water Village, uh, right. LA and then Anaheim. And we go through, we're going through like two to 220 kegs a week on game weeks in Anaheim. So we can make these smaller batches and maybe it's not a hundred percent of what we are looking for. It rarely is. You're kind of in that 90th percentile. Uh, but that's kind of my question right there. So it, it, when you make the beer the first time and then you're like, oh my God, this is free freaking awesome yeah and then you go and you put it into production and you're like hey well, maybe what i was happened? just in a really good mood that day or yeah. what I, I mean, mean it, you're it, dealing with a living product, though. I mean, you've got an agricultural product, so you've got hops that change every year. Yeah. You've got malt that, that changes, it seems like, every container, every uh, silo we get. Uh, water chemistry, we're using RO, and I'm from Southern California, so I get it's not ideal, but the RO systems now are much uh, more efficient, so you're not losing as much water to make a, a gallon of RO. And then you've got yeast, and yeast is a living organism. Right. Well, you've got different generations, and it's not uniform, and one day it performs perfectly, and you're getting everything you want. Other times, it's almost like, F you, I'm going to uh, do what I want, and I'm not going to ferment out all the way, and like, okay, now how do we adapt? And okay, so, um, so what, what are the differences between the big machine and, yeah. and the kit that, you know, we had when we were kids, Mr. Brewer, you know, you, 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 you what is, what are the differences there? I mean, is it, is it basically scale. the exact same thing? It's, it's just scale. I was able to make what I knew I was getting really good at home brewing and, and most craft brewers started off as home brewers. So um, amazing respect for home brewers. Cause that's how most of us start. So that's why I like dispensing knowledge. I, I'm not a knowledge hoarder, whatever I learn, I want people to know. Well, so I usually like in, in, in social media, I give out my cell phone number. I give out my email. So if people have questions, questions they can call me or email me or better yet just stop by the brewery um it's really a matter of scale so i was making uh, a dortmunder 
uh, at home, and I got pretty much our recipe uh, with the permission of the brewmaster. So what, what's the Dortmunder for all our, our listeners? It is uh, a, a classic style from the city of Dortmund in kind of the northwest of Germany. Kind is, that, of near is, it, is it an ale? Is uh, it's there, a lager. Classic it's a lager. German lager. Okay, so, lager. Yeah, sort of in between a, a Pils and a Helles. So a mm. little bit more body than a Pils and a little less hoppy than, than, say, a Helles. So just a classic German lager. Right. And so I got the recipe from, from Dock Street where I was working and then made it at home and then brought it to the brewmaster. And he said, um, when did we make the Dortmunder? I'm like, yeah. he thought it was something we had made at the pub. So you can make, you can homebrew uh, and make beer as well as we're making on the commercial level. It's just a matter of attention to detail. Right. Whether you're doing it in a five-gallon bucket or whether you're doing right. it in a 700 you know, barrel uh, that's fermenter, awesome, though. That, that, it's that, all cleaning and sanitizing yeah. and knowing your ingredients. It's, it's the same thing. I got the Tartine bread book, and I was able to make these incredible The Tartine bread, bread book. If my wife is listening, the Tartine bread book. Yeah, we have we, that's all we she's all about the did they open and, yet in downtown no or, okay i know no. they're coming i can't wait so i lived in, in the bay area for a while yeah and we I, stood in line out there for yeah. the bread right so insane right <laughs> yeah, yeah so i followed that and made my starter you know a month ahead of time and got just the right sort of uh, uh tartness i was looking for for the sour yeah and um and and made this and got my little dutch oven everything they they tell you and right. i was able to make this incredible loaf that i would you know, think that I could get a tartine. So you can do it on a small scale and uh, up to a large scale. It's pretty cool. Has the scene changed? Like you said, you joined, um, you joined the Golden Road a couple of years ago yep. and brought it from mediocrity to insanity as, as, as I would see it, or like, I think as anybody I appreciate else that. But I mean, it. obviously the brewers, I was, I, I think they were doing great stuff. Of course. Uh, but yeah, I think we've, we've, the, our, our motto on, honestly is constant improvement. Constant improvement. You have to do it. Yeah. Otherwise adapt or die. Right. Ben, and so how's it changed? I mean, from, as from the brewer's point of view, how is, how is the, you know, the consumer. I mean, are you changing what's the consumer? Are you doing the the the, no. the jobs thing where we're, we're giving you what you want? Right. No, no, no. We make what we want, and then we hope that people like it. I but mean, that's 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 interesting, right there too. So you are like uh, the the supreme chef. You know, you are like it's you can take it like with music. You know, if there's somebody that's so into music, right. they they'll listen to this stuff, and the regular person will be like, "What the hell is yeah. that?" But with beer, is it kind of the same way? Is there like a beer that you are just like this is what beer is, but you know that the masses would be like, yeah, no, I want some mango. There are now. a couple, um, Hellas and Alt beer <clears throat> and Schwartz beer. So these German styles, right. and they're just classic and they're so drinkable. Um, and, and when people try them, they love them. Uh, Helles is just a classic German lager. It's, it's sort of, um, again, a little bit, people know maybe uh, some of the Pilsners, better Pilsners that are out there, which are great. Uh, Helles has a little bit more body and what I just call German, German uh, kind of yeast character and, and just German beer character, uh, which is all about balance. Alt beer kind of the same way. It's more of like a German pale ale, kind of an amber, mm. a little hoppy, but not like a, an IPA or a session IPA. And then your Schwartz beer looks intimidating. It's jet black and people really? think it's going to be bitter and 10% and oh, just over the top. That, it's, like a, it's like a black Pilsner. It's um, less hoppy, but... It's uh, if you like coffee, it's a little bit roasty. It's I was going to smooth. That's where I go. Perfect. It's ridiculous. So, it is so, so good and balanced. But it's not. You know, people look at it Schwartz beer and they don't really know what it is. Um, and then again with Helles and Dortmunder, and you see these German words. The interesting thing with German beer is they tell you exactly what you're getting. If you go to McSorley's in New York City, they, you want a light or a dark. You go to so many bars, light right. or a dark. So Helles is light, Dunkel is dark, and they're fun. just beautiful lagers. Uh, Dortmund is this classic uh, German lager from the city of Dortmund. Um, 
uh, Kölsch uh, comes from the, the German city of Cologne, um, a Kölner beer. And then alt beer means the old ale brewing tradition as, a, as opposed to the new lager brewing tradition. So more of just kind of like a pale ale. But um, it looks intimidating in German, um, but it actually is. They're pretty much giving you what you want. Hefeweizen, and same thing, unfiltered wheat so beer. So they making a coffee beer? They, you, you guys been we grinding coffee up coffee beer. and putting it in the beer? Is yeah. It, so did made, I miss that one? Uh, the Sunset Coffee is on tap in Anaheim. I'm not sure if it's still on tap in LA. LA, oh, but I yeah, gotcha. I got to um, drive to OC. Yeah, if I can plug my buddy uh, uh, Jeff Dugan over at Portola Coffee Lab, it's just awesome. He understands, uh, obviously, coffee. He's a right. master roaster and um, one co- and roaster of the year in 2015. Just amazing. But he also understands the synergy with coffee and beer. Um, and what's funny is two of his beers just won gold and silver at the World Beer Cup. Now we entered ours, we didn't win. We're like we wanted to join the party, but wow. we loved our beer. And and when you're when you're entering beers and you win a medal, it's awesome. You know, pat yourself on the back and and you're it shows that you're you're doing some good stuff. When you don't win, you don't shred the recipe. Right. You just have to be stoked on what you sent. And there's only three that are going to win. So you could you know. Um, convince yourself you got fourth and everything but um it's really about what you love and and is it what you expected to you know and what the judges are looking for um and you hope it is and if not then you say well it's still a great beer so ours is an oatmeal milk stout infused with this beautiful portola coffee so it's a little chocolatey a little roasty mm. it's just it's fantastic i gotta, really try, I, I gotta, I gotta give stuff. that one a shot yeah um, so you so are all the brewers are you guys like little gangs are you like fighting each other like no. do you see each other in the street that's the funny thing kind of like hey what are you doing here mm-hmm. you know is that none of that going no. on i mean that's the thing i love about the the crappier industry is we share information you know it, it, there is the larger sort of movement now and and uh we were um partnered up acquired by anheuser bush in 2015 uh, you know and and as a brewer <laughs> it hasn't affected us at all we get to do exactly what we want to do and uh, and they help with the distribution network um and so there's a little more tension now it's less kumbaya than it oh, was maybe five ten yeah. years ago um so there's a little more suspicion in uh, in terms of hey you know not for me i mean my buddies know me and they know that we're just sharing information right. and again i'm free to dispense uh information as i choose and and love to but i'm just going in you know i want to be inspired by their beers and hopefully they're inspired well, by mine it's the sharing you. of information that's what I was ask you so you go to other when you're out you you go to other breweries yeah. you like if you're out traveling you're right. going to purposely go seek something just to see and what happens if you find something what if you're like oh my god this is the best beer i ever had I, i'm i'm extremely competitive so i want to make it better i want to make mine better you want to make yours better that's all it is yeah, yeah. i don't want to copy somebody yeah. i don't need to look that, it up on the I internet and, right and get the recipe i mean i i tell them again i can tell people pretty much the recipe for mango cart um you're not going to make it exactly the same and again it's 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 got some some traction right now but uh and Huge firestone traction. firestone does the, the you know they'll put their recipes up on on uh their website and, and russian river you know they're very open and that's what i love about beer and brewing it seems uh, i could be wrong but more the it's wine not, industry not, and spirits i think it's it tends not like to be a the little coca-cola more the... companies you know it's not yeah, like exactly, that like we the, got the, the original recipe locked in a safe somewhere exactly right. and nobody's ever gonna yeah, see the dr those. pepper exactly right. <laughs> right so no we're very open i tell you what hops are in you know heal the bay or in wolf pup and and uh you know i'm not gonna give you exactly uh the recipe but pretty close and um you know if you have to copy or if we had to copy somebody to succeed, shame on us. We Not true. Be, and again, why, look at all the restaurants. Look at, look at all the wineries. Again, every vintner's different. I, I knew it's I loved the Golden Road. Yeah. I'm serious. Every, I, love, every, I love that motto. That, yeah. That's what it's all about. You know, you just you just go out there, Have do the, the best integrity. you can. Exactly right. And you know, there you go. That, do your own thing. Do and your again, own thing. if people love it, then they'll keep buying it. If 
they don't, then you're going to discontinue that brand and move on to something else. So we're aware of the trends. It's not like we're blazing a trail and we're coming up with every new style that everybody else is going to follow. But we make, again, some uh, classic styles. And then we also know the juicy, you know, juicy IPAs and, again, some of the fruit beers yep. and, and kettle sours. We the do lady, all those. The ladies and love we, the juicy beers. Yeah, although the men do too. I mean, yeah, that, that, I, that, that I, whole I, thing. That's what I was saying. I don't want to say anything about, you know, where I'm at, but I love the mango. But I got to tell you, it's like it almost seems like the the juicier beers were meant to bring uh, bring the ladies into the bar. At least they have something to drink. Yeah, although you'd be amazed, my wife drinks more Belgian triple and IPA than I'll ever drink. So that 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 sort of um, um, misperception, I think, has has gone away. Where you know, I think. People in general kind of like sweeter beverages, men and women. Yeah. Like, what do we drink when we're first getting introduced to wine? Kind of white Zinfandel, and then you might go to Chardonnay, and then a Pinot, and then yeah, a Cab. Yeah. But what I always preach is, you know, if you love white Zinfandel or if you only love fruit beer, no one needs to convince you to love sour beers and IPAs. Drink. Right. You're drink. paying six, seven bucks for it. Drink what brings you enjoyment, whether it's <laughs> bourbon, whether it's wine, whether yeah. it's, you know, so Thunderbird. I, I don't care. I, I mean, enjoy I, I, I gotta, bring, I gotta bring this one up. So, so we went. So my wife would kill me because I think she's actually gonna listen to this podcast. She doesn't. She doesn't listen to them all, but she's gonna listen to this one. So we went to the Golden Road, uh-huh. and you just brought it up. And we also we sat down. We had the beer and everything like that. And she ordered eight ounces of wine. She's not a big beer drinker. Yep. She she drank. She we got the sampler, sure. and she was sipping with me. Nine dollars for a glass of wine. Come on, guys. Nine dollars. I could have bought. I could have bought the bottle for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, the the <laughs> wine places I go to. Uh, I mean, 15, 20. That's the other great thing about beer, though, is it's very reasonable. It's super reasonable. You know, it's, you, it's you get about nine dollars for eight ounces. Yeah, a decent bottle of Pinot is fifty bucks. There where a fifty dollar bottle of beer is like <laughs> the most world class thing you're going to get. So. so, so how what does it take to get the new beers created? Who comes up with the? Who comes up with what? Is it? Uh, do you guys? Uh, like brainstorm or that's what the Anaheim brewery is for. That's our innovation brewery. We call it the Brewers Playground. So we we have a cool thing called Brews Day Tuesday. So Brews Day Tuesday. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So the production brewers in LA, um, you know, they're they're working, you know, their fannies off and and, and uh, doing uh, Wolf Pup and and Heal the Bay and and the larger production stuff. And then we get to do uh, a, a lot of the fun stuff, the innovative stuff down in. Um, down in Anaheim. So once a month, we bring a production brewer down from our team to Anaheim and they get to brew their recipe. And then the first Tuesday of the month, we release it. So we did this one called Midnight Jam, Kettle Sour, kind of bigger Berliner Weiss with uh, boysenberries because we're in Orange County yeah. in Anaheim. So uh, Knott's Berry Farm kind of created the, uh, the boysenberry. So Kettle Sour with boysenberry called Midnight Jam. Pretty cool. Uh, we've done a Red Rye IPA. We did one. So you, you, you're, throwing so out, you're throwing out all these, these names. Mm-hmm. Are they still available? Can you you go to the brewery or is it we like bring a them seasonal? Back. Okay, yeah. so you bring them back. So something drops out, something comes in. Exactly. And if of, it's a hit, yeah. then we might scale it up. Like, like that midnight mango. jam could, could be something we could actually scale up at some point. And then that's the whole idea is, you know, we, we just did this beer one of, with one of our brewers. It's, it was a kettle sour uh, red ale. Um, that we dry hopped with Hollertau Blanc and Nelson. So kind of a, a dry hopped sour beer. Right now, honestly, it's not tasting ideal, so we're going to put it in barrels, add some Britannomyces, put it in red wine barrels, and and sort of add a different flavor note and make it uh, a little more... Trying to save it. 
kind of save it a, a little bit. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's not maybe exactly what we didn't envisioned. And that's a classic example of, do you dump it? No. You can usually save it in some ways. You can blend it. Or in this case, we're going to put it in red wine barrels with Britannomyces and make something we think is going to be extraordinary. But right now, it's a cool so, base so beer, you, but I think we can make think, it better. How long is it going to take for that? Something like that I'm thinking out. anywhere from six to 12 months. Oh, so next year, there's, well, yeah, we're going to have to wait on year. it. Yeah. And that's a cool thing. We do a lot of barrel aging, tequila barrel aged Berliner with raspberry, the framboisa, the Vasily, the cross-eyed, it's a bourbon barrel-aged imperial wow. stout. So all these cool things. We have gin <laughs> barrels. The one we're working on now, we're going to put a Belgian triple in 25-year Jamaican rum barrels and then add pineapple, apricot, and lime juice and make like a tiki cocktail beer. So you can do all I, these I'm cool things with that. beer, uh, but they take time. And in right. a barrel... The beer's ready when it's ready, just like with wine, and, and same with bourbon, right? Yeah. Uh, it's ready when it's ready, and we're not going to say, oh, my God, we have to meet a deadline. Let's put this out, right. and, and people are going to you know, not love it. So wait on it, and let's see what this becomes. So obviously, there's never going to be another Victor Novak. Sure there is. No, there isn't. Yeah. No, there isn't. But let's say one of the listeners <laughs> out there is thinking to himself, you know, this really sounds like, you know, something that I want to try and do. And besides getting the Mr. Brewer at home, yeah. wh- how, why, I mean, not, not the why, obviously, you just, you know, I just told you the why, but how do you get into it? How does, how does somebody, like, become a brewer? Do you just apply at the job and start at the bottom and work your way up? Or? Yeah, that does happen, but ideally, um, you want to get a homebrew kit. Really, you really just, do because you're spending eight to ten hours on a Saturday, just like we are every day in the brewery, um, and you may find that you're much happier going to the to the supermarket and buying a case of beer for twenty five bucks as opposed to put like I loved making bread out of the tartine book, but it was my whole Saturday, and yep. I got two loaves, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna if I eat all this, I'm gonna weigh four hundred pounds. So I just I love going to a bakery and buying bread, and I found that I don't want to be a baker, but I love being a brewer. And if you don't like, and, and so much of brewing is cleaning, 60, 70% of it is cleaning. And if you don't like that aspect of it and all the attention to detail required, then it's not for you. So right. you have to really ideally So it's homebrew. very detail-oriented. It is. Very it's detailed. not like, hey, it's, we're it, just going to throw some grain and water together and some hops and, and we're going to come up with, you know. With, with the best with, beer ever. Yeah, with, with Heal the Bay or uh, Mango or, or these other great beers that are on the market. Um, it's, it's, it's understanding and it's not overwhelming either. That's why I love talking to people face to face because you'll read the books and you're like, this is never going to happen. And I can, I'm telling you, I I am overwhelmed. Let me tell you face to face. (laughs) I am overwhelmed. Like all the, you're you're talking about brewing, like, you know, like I'm a brewer. It's like, I'm just, I'm listening to it. And like, I'm trying to like, I got to remember that beer. I got to try to get that beer. Yeah. But it's all baby steps. I mean, this is over 25 years. And the cool thing is when I started home brewing, there wasn't YouTube. So now you can just watch somebody brew. Isn't that amazing? It is. Like I had to fix something. I had to put the roof rack, the bike racks on my car. I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. Yeah, and I so I watch YouTube. YouTube and I did it in about an hour and a half. So yeah. it can show you that and then talk to brewers and see how people, you know, different brewers do different uh, things differently. And then different ingredients. Again, know your raw materials, your yeast, your water, your malts. And again, it just seems so overwhelming, all the different hops out there. Yeah, but yeah. then you just do it and then you figure out what you like. And again, if you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, then get a job in a brewery and you're going to start off cleaning kegs and scrubbing floors and, and work your way up from the bottom, which is exactly what I did. I was cleaning copper and cleaning kegs and then got my chance in the brewery and then, you know, turned it into a career. And it's as exciting, if not more now than it was back then. Cause now I kind of know what I'm doing back right. then. It was still overwhelming, but you can, anybody can do it if they have that desire. 
But you know. beer, not like baking, is always changing. You know, like you can come up with an awesome recipe for, a, for bread. And that recipe, if you do it right, is going to be the same always. But with the beer, you're saying it, it's, it, it, for some reason, it's not going to be exactly the same no. every time. But again, especially craft. I mean, um, the big boys, you know, Bud Coors Miller, they do amazing things. And their beer is so consistent. You, if you uh, read anything about me going back to my early career, always tip my hat to the big boys because the, the beer is so consistent. Now, does it have the, the, the flavor and aroma of, you know, Heal the Bay or Wolf Pup or Mango? No. Right. So that's what craft beer is about. Right. But we have to be within 95, 98%. Is there a slight variation? But to be honest, even for the big boys, there is, and they can blend a little bit more. So you're dealing, again, with raw materials and especially yeast, and it doesn't perform exactly, exactly. the same way. So, yeah, there are ways around. But, again, if Mango Cart was sort of, you know, light straw one time and reddish the other okay that's a, a big mess up that's a and, mistake and that's a big mistake so you can't release that and you have to dump it but you should be within this three to five percent where nobody's you know i might know uh but overall your 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 you know beer drinkers are not going to know so there has to be consistency in addition to quality absolutely i got to tell you um you know i when i found out what i was, was going to interview you i was talking to you know friends a lot of people i hang out with much younger than i am and everybody was just like oh man they are so awesome have oh, you cool. been to hey you know, fill in the blank have you tried this have yeah. you tried that i was just like yeah i was there the other day yeah. and i i did try you know but it seems like i'm kind of like i'm trailing behind because this thing you know the golden road seems to be like the place to be the brewery right now in los angeles you go into a, a game day in uh, either place especially in anaheim because we are directly across from angel stadium right so i'm looking out of the helmets and i'm a huge halo fan so um yeah it's it's great i think we're doing really amazing things and again that that idea of constant improvement and right. coming out with new interesting beers but the la beer scene and the socal beer scene I, you know i'm proud to be a californian and what we're doing from san diego up to eureka is staggering i mean it's beautiful but it's actually national now so i can go national to global global exactly global. right yeah you go to germany you go to england you've got these small little craft breweries and it's all about flavor and you know you in innovation but again if you don't have some degree of consistency again if you come up with this great beer mango cart or a kettle mm -hmm. sour with guava or, or boysenberry and if you can't get that really close every time then you you are lacking a bit as a brewer and that's where i think people would judge you badly uh and not being as professional because the consistency needs to be there but the innovation has to be there constantly so you're talking about the california in general uh heal the bay mm -hmm. that was uh it's it's for a cause yeah i mean heal the bay is amazing this organization that um you know uh their whole purpose is to clean up you know this huge economic part of our our state which is the beaches our estuaries um and so we actually have a gala on thursday we're a big you know uh silent auction and mm -hmm. fundraiser um so it's it's uh, we're happy to contribute a, a portion of our profits uh for this beer to heal the bay to that amazing organization and again as a native californian i think but, it's yeah, just, it's awesome it's, it really is a cool thing to be a part feels of. good yeah and, yeah and that's the thing flood victims in in uh houston and florida we created beers and, and donated thousands of dollars for those causes the fires oh, wow. up in napa you know it's it started off with uh with meg and tony and and being very family friendly dog friendly i mean that's what you get when you go to the, the yeah, locations I was, I was surprised like yeah. i said when i got there there was like a section there was kids playing there was people with dogs in, yeah. the, in the green run area kids yeah jumping up and down yep. on the cornhole uh <laughs> that's pretty funny but um yeah so it's it's a great vibe 
great people. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I I love working there because I love working with the people that that again inspire me every day when I work with them. And and again, I have a very collaborative atmosphere. It's not Victor Novak, and this is what we're going to do. You know, I'm very open to new and interesting ways and other ways to to make our beers better. And I think that's one reason we are doing so well is it's a great culture um, in, in innovation so, and, um, and, uh, and quality and so improvement. So just brag just a little bit. Just brag just a little bit. It might be tough. So what did you guys win gold in? Uh, the, the fruited wheat beer category at the World Beer Cup, which World is really... World Beer Cup. Yeah, so that's really our sort of Olympics of beer. Because you're, you're not only... The Great American Beer Festival is amazing, and you're competing against 6,000-plus other breweries, but now you've got the international aspect, yeah. and now you've got the Japanese. If you're entering uh, a German beer, one of our, our partners, Ten Barrel, won in the Berliner Weiss category. I've won in the Alt category, in the Cezanne category, the Helles category. Which is cool because you're saying, okay, um, all the research, all the hard work that we did on this style um, paid off because we got you know a nice little pat on the back and and won a medal. So it's 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 definitely a cool thing. You don't just you know jump up on the uh, the rooftops and scream that you're the greatest brewer ever Do because it. you're now nah, you're you're only as good as your last beer. <laughs> true. It's true. It's like okay, cool. They say what that, else you got for they me? They say that in, they say that in broadcasting absolutely. too. You're, you're only as good as your last report. Yep. So, so it's absolutely true. And have some perspective. I mean, we're making beer. We're not curing cancer. It's it's something that we but love. But you are to be, healing the bay. We are healing the bay a little and, bit, and yeah. we love doing that. But, yeah. but again, it's it's we as brewers, we're we're a small part. I think, and, and the reason I got into brewing, I wanted to make a small contribution to society. Initially, it was going to be, you know, sort of uh, in this cultural, political geography aspect, but it was a way that I found that I could contribute a little bit uh, to society and make people a little happier. We do preach, uh, honestly, the... the um, you know, uh, responsible drinking responsible. And, and driving of course, and taking yeah. Uber and a yeah, Lyft yeah, yeah. and all that because uh, we all have friends and family yes. that are out on the roads. It's yep. huge. And so uh, we want to make sure that people are getting home safely. But, you know, beer is great. It kind of, you can't, you know, uh, sell it too much as a healthful thing, but you read all the studies and lowers your blood pressure. But it just kind of lifts you up a little bit at the end of a day. Yes, it have does. a beer or a glass of wine or whether yep. it's, you know, for me, maybe a, a, a Manhattan or something is kind of cool. What was the first beer you had? First beer was watching, uh, I, I sort of remember this and maybe accurately, but my, uh, my Rams are, are a huge part of my life. And so Rams and Cowboys uh, playoff game, I was probably four or five. And uh, I remember these little stubby bottles that my dad had. Um, and it was, you know, just some American light lager and probably hated it. <laughs> but, um, you know, alcohol to me has always been something that's part of a meal and part of a larger thing, not something to abuse. Yeah. And uh, kind of that European tradition of like, hey, let's enjoy it, but let's enjoy it responsibly. And yeah. that, that is a big thing. Um, and then my sort of epiphany beer, uh, I would say there was this cool little brew pub. I think it was the Pacific Brewery in Oakland. We, uh, I'd go there. In fact, I'm going to see a buddy of mine next week. Dave so Rez. it's still there. It, they just closed in December, I found out. Um, but I just sort of connected with this buddy of mine from 30 years ago, Dave Rez, and we're going to meet up next week in Oakland. Um, but we were trying these new beers after I graduated from Cal. And then um, okay, I'm like, okay, these are kind of cool. And then I had Sierra Nevada Pale. And that kind of was like probably, if I would say, one epiphany beer because it really just was balanced and it's still the same as it was back then. And um, if you talk to most brewers that are over 40, 50, whatever, Sierra Nevada Pale has 
has a has a huge. Uh, spot I was just going to say that. So, what what beer do you suggest to the to like to any of the listeners right now? What beer would you say go out and, and try this? If okay, hang on. If you don't like beer, what beer would you say go out and try? Hmm. I mean, honestly, Mango Cart's a great one. Um, you know, some of these sour beers are, sour beers. are like for, for your wife who's a wine drinker. Right. And the one thing wine drinkers tend to like is the acidity. And so when they try something like a Rodenbach or La Folie or, um, you know, some of the sour beers from Rare Barrel and, and from the brewery, um, B-R-U-E-R-Y over there in Orange County, great stuff, uh, friends of ours. And, um, and then they try it and they get this little bit of acidity, say, especially if you add raspberries or cherries, a cream. Now, when you say was, add, you're talking about they're the infusing it kind of like we okay, are. So exactly. Somebody already did it. You're yeah, not, you're so not just dumping some raspberries no, in the beer. No, okay. although they, they sort of steep the beer on, uh, you know, either fresh raspberries or raspberries right. puree in the uh, raspberry puree in the barrel. And, um, you know, and so it's, they're like, is this beer? It tastes more like wine. Well, it is. It's a traditional Belgian beer that has a little bit more of a wine character. So, um, you know, especially if you love coffee, a porter or a stout or like our sunset coffee, just beautiful stuff. Um, so the, the depth and breadth of styles available to people now, we literally are in the golden age of drinking. Yeah, you get definitely. cocktails, coffee, tea. I love my tea. And, uh, and beer, of course. So you go to any city now in the country. used to be harder to find brew pubs, and it isn't anymore. You no. find world-class breweries all around the country. And, uh, and I'm a big fan and supporter, and I love going to those places again. And they inspire me to, to be better. It's not so, a cliche. It's true. So, so then and I, coming down to the last ones. Uh, so I see you guys have a lot of everything in the can. Is there, is there a difference between the bottle and the can? Do you, yeah. There is. There is. Uh, ideally, uh, we love cans. Now, the can liners have gotten better over the last five, ten years. Mm-hmm. Before, you used to get a little bit of the metallic taste, and I never really drank beer out of cans. Uh, and then when I joined Golden Road, I'm like, okay, this actually does work. Now, the two things that are really detrimental to beer and in most beverages is oxygen uh, and light. And so cans being more hermetically sealed kind of leave out both. I mean, you can't eliminate oxygen, but you can get a little bit of oxygen ingress through that, through that crown in a bottle and you can definitely get light. Uh, so you really want to drink uh, bottled beer out of a brown bottle. Uh, it helps to um, uh, decrease that sort of light struck uh, mm-hmm. character. And uh, with a can, you're not going to get that. So when it goes in, that's going to be more brewery fresh. But bottled beer is still great. I'm not, I don't want to malign that. No, no, no. But no. for us, it's better because, again, we're less susceptible to light um, and oxygen. So it, it tends to protect, protect our beer better. And then uh, lastly, so, so Anheuser bought you guys, yeah. but they've really kind of just did the, you know, you guys do your thing. Yeah. You're just owned by us. Was there any kind of like, is it uh, money? They are like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need a new fill in the blank. Let's just go buy it. Or is it, is everything really still the same? I it's mean, pretty much the same now. Yeah. Everybody thinks, you know, AB has, has more money than, than God and, and they I'm have sure a lot of money, <laughs> um, they're, they're, but they're, they're a corporation and right. you have CapEx. And so you have a certain amount of dollars you can spend every year. Right. And uh, we kind of have our spend. We have a 30 barrel, um, four vessel German brew house sitting in our facility right now in Anaheim that we're just chomping at the bit to brew on. But again, you can't just say, Hey, we're going to write a check and, and spend $5 million and make yeah. it happen. So it, it happens a little more piecemeal. And, and that's the thing is everybody thinks that we just do whatever we want and we're trying to crush everybody. And it's not true. We are a small <laughs> part of the brewing community. And again, we support our, our friends, brothers, sisters say, in brewing. And, I, and it's a big thing for us to, to again, show that support. Yeah. So. I, I got to tell you, I've, uh, I've, 
gained a lot of respect. Not that I didn't have any before, but I just, you know what, I love the small breweries even more, and yeah. I'm going to try to spend more time in them because of just what you're saying about Drink how it, it isn't a competition. Yeah. I mean, you are in competition, obviously, but it isn't like some kind of it's angry not cutthroat. hate. Yeah, yeah, it's not no. cutthroat. No. And, uh, and it is. It's just it it's a great very, community. very cool. Mm-hmm. It is a cool community. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, I met you, but I, I, I can't imagine there's anybody like you at another brewery. But if there's anybody, even half of you, it'd be cool just to hang out. The, so you said you were at the uh, facility. So you, uh, you interact with the customers. You go in oh, there yeah. and you, you, you walk around yep. and you're like... I've always worked in brew pubs. So I don't want to work, uh, at least personally. Again, uh, production breweries are great. Um, where you have less interaction with uh, with your clientele, but I love the one on one. When I when I were at the Great American Beer Festival, I don't roam around as much. I'm usually at the table because I want to see and get that reaction you, from you people. You want to see what, if they're making that, yeah, that, you that, love that it. bad I mean, cheese face when exactly. they're drinking it or they're Yeah, smiling. bitter beer face or, yeah. I mean, is it awful? And you know immediately when somebody loves your beer or not. Right. And it's not just to pat yourself on the back. Again, the reason we do this is to make people happy. So if we're not making people happy, then You're we got to do wrong. something. Something's wrong. You got to change it and, up. Um, and again, you learn so much from people in these sort of yeah. dialogues. I yeah. mean, people are all different walks of life coming into a pub. And restaurant, and my wife is the AGM at, at uh, um, uh, facility in, in Anaheim, and her background is corporate training. And you know, if you don't have the quality of beer, food, ambiance, and hospitality, that's the thing—the whole Danny Meyer idea of you know this third place and. And he didn't come up with that concept, but that idea that you want this place, you got work, you got home, but you want this place where you can go and relax and have fun um, and meet some new people and have some great conversations. I mean, when I I was just up in Toronto, I go sit at the bar. I don't want to sit at a table by myself like some loser. I want to sit at the bar and uh, and be a loser there. No, I'm kidding. Um, But, uh, you know, I I met so many interesting people, Ukrainians and people from different parts of the U.S. I was going to say that, too. It's a social thing. Bit of people watching. I'm a huge oh, totally. people watcher. Yeah. And when I was at the at the uh, one in Atwater Village, I got to say there was it was a little people watching it, going on it's there. It's huge. I, yeah. and, and it was cool. Everybody was super nice. Yep. Uh, everybody's there for the beer, and like you said, beer brings everybody together. Yeah. And, whole idea. Uh, and and then you 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 said it also. The food was fantastic. Yep. We haven't talked much about the food, but yeah, yeah I had the chili and the uh, and the my a lot wife of vegan had the options for Southern California. So yeah, that's a cool thing. It, Everything it was pre- good stuff. It's it's a good spot. Yeah. So we're having fun. That's the key again, and and you know, be a part of a community, um, and and just you know, be respectful and humble, and that's kind of what we're we're about. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're making that happen. For cool. Sure. Yeah. Victor, thank you so much. Absolutely. Man. All righty. Till next time. Whoa, that was Victor. Now I got to tell you, you got to go back and listen to this one more time and start writing down some of those uh, beers that he was shouting out because I can tell you, if he says they're good, you know they're good. And it's going to give me some homework to do. And you know what? Beer and homework, that's what it's all about. I got to give a shout out to hashtag CBSLA. Go on the internet, find it, like it, do whatever it asks you to do. Just let them know that you're out there and you're listening and you appreciate the product. And talking about product appreciation. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Can't say it enough. I'm Stu Mandel. Today we had BJ Dahl as our producer, and this is Up in the Air with Stu Mandel. Of course, give it a shout-out to all the places where you can find podcasts and hopefully find mine as well. But tell your friends, listen in, and thank you guys. We love the love.